Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to the latest edition of Pirates Talk, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Dan Calandrillo is one of Seton Hall's all-time great basketball players. He is sixth in total points in school history, was named the 1982 Big East Player of the Year when he finished third in the nation in scoring, averaging just under 26 points per game, and is a member of the Seton Hall Athletics Hall of Fame. He was there when the Big East was formed, played under legendary coach Bill Raftery, and for one year under Hadi Mahan, before he embarked on a brief professional career and eventually landed on Wall Street. In his senior year, he helped Seton Hall to a 9-1 start, including a memorable upset over Houston at the Meadowlands, where Calandrillo hit a jumper with three seconds left in overtime to secure the win. But that season would come to a crashing end when three players, including two starters, were later declared academically ineligible. The clock struck 12 for Cinderella, but there was no Prince Charming for the Hall, but there was Danny Calandrillo powering his way to a great performance. I'll talk about that and more when Danny Calandrillo joins me on Pirates Talk after this message from Jag One Physical Therapy. A proud sponsor of Seton Hall Athletics, Jag One Physical Therapy gets you back to the life you love. Voted the number one physical therapy company based on first-class patient care and outcomes, Jag One Physical Therapy is invested in your full recovery. Your preferred in-network rehabilitation provider, Jag One Physical Therapy, has convenient locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.jag1 pt.com danny thank you very much for joining me we're we're of the same vintage you were a freshman when i was a senior at seton hall and i was doing the games on wsou and you know it was a blast watching nick gallus and mark coleman the seniors on that team and some of the young and up and up and coming guys doing their thing like yourself again thanks for sharing your time uh, what do you remember and think about when you go back to those days at the hall uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, no, they were great times. I mean, you know, Nicky uh, and I grew up together. He was older than me. Oh, he was always kind of a mentor and great guy and, uh, I mean, a great player. And then, you know, great times, you know, I, I obviously didn't play with him, but he was always around the gym and just a good influence. Glenn, Mos Glenn Mosley was, you know, a class guy. Um, when I signed with Seen Hall, he actually took me out in his Cadillac. Like, <laughs> took me in a, yeah, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. I did this uh, interview for Rutgers Seen Hall thing, but uh, no, it was great. I mean, I got to tell you, Raf and uh, you know, Richie Regan and the whole staff. Uh, Jimmy Lamparello was the uh, SID, and he, you know, really, great man, I got, great man. Yeah, no, I got my degree. Thank God. Uh, I mean, he really pushed me and Danny, you know, you got to change. And, you know, I wasn't a great student. And, but, you know, after a while uh, with the influence of those guys, I mean, it just, everything worked out. And that, that year, you know, Jay Boyle was on, on the team. You had uh, John Semerad, who was, you know, played a year or two with the Mets. He mm -hmm. walked on, you know, so uh, no, nah, I think it was a great, you know, for me, I was telling even the kid, my own kids, I have four boys that, you know, it was like, wow. And I trained really hard, but I never forget the first game against Georgia Tech. I mean, these guys were jumping out of the gym. I was like, you know, I got a long way to go to be like good. And we weren't in the Big East then. No, you know? no. We'll and we'll talk about that transition. Yeah. Well, that that's the eye opener, right? Like you, you're a good player, very good player. And then you're going up against guys who are really becoming men, right? Like 
when you're a senior in college, you're you're now becoming a man and physically and emotionally and everything else. So it is an eye opener. You you mentioned uh, the the stories that you told preceding the Seton Hall Rutgers matchup. Good friend of mine, uh, two good friends of mine actually, Jerry. Carino and Danny Giuseppe said, you know, you got to get Danny Calandrillo because he tells some great <laughs> stories. And those stories were translated into the newspaper. So you mentioned like, well, maybe I wasn't the best student. Tell the story about when Raft calls you into the office and you think, uh-oh, but it turns out to be something else. Yeah, what happened was like I had two extra credits, so I needed two credits. So I forgot at the time. So and it was, uh, you know, my both my parents were deaf. So sign language is, was basically my first language. And uh, I thought he was going to call me in. Oh, Danny, I can't believe it. You know, you're a low life. <laughs> you got sign language. You know, he, I was a business major. But, but what happened was I never had a car, like, my whole life. I never had a car. And, like, to a family member of a cousin of a cousin of a friend, I had this yellow Vega. It was, like, really bad. It was bad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a stick shift, no horn, just, you know, rack and pinion steer. It was it was. I hate to say it, it was it was crap, but uh, but at the time it looked anyway. like a beautiful thing, right? Oh, who cares? Yeah, I was like, like if you even if you had a car, period, you were like, okay, you know, you're you're, you're cool, you're decent. But I parked anywhere I want. I just parked anywhere, like in Hudson <laughs> County, you just park anywhere you want. Like you never, there's never a problem, you know. So I did this for well, I did it for my 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 junior, my sophomore and junior year, and. Uh, he calls me in. I thinking like, you know, it's grades, you, you know, got to go to school, get you. And I was, you know, I was B and I, I probably could have been better, but he's like, Calandrillo, he's screaming at me, always screaming at me. He's like, Calandrillo, you got, you know, $1,500 in tickets. I'm like, tickets, what are you talking about? You can't park where you want. It's not Hudson County, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he's like ripping me up go coach coach it's it's a it's a yellow vega there's no big deal you know and i i give him the keys he's like what do you want me to do i said well you know give it to the school they could sell the car for the tickets or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's like you you know what you you know oh my god i i drove him crazy and i you know we love it we talked the other day and uh the stories which like he used to tell me calandrello you can't take every shot I'm like, coach, I'm trying. Trust me, I'm trying. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. We, we, you know, him and I really, we talk. If we meet usually before the Big East. You know, we meet at a bar. We have some drinks. And uh, true. And they're funny now, but at the time, it really wasn't funny. No, I, I'm sure not, right? Because now now you're more friends, but he's the head coach, and you're like, oh, my goodness, and and he's trying to get the best out of me. He's a Hudson County guy, so he had to know you a little bit, right? I mean, he had to know your DNA, if you will, because he came from well, the same neighborhood, sort of kind of. Yeah, you know what happened was, because I know Nikki went there, and Nikki had a great career, and you know, Jackie Galoon was a mentor. He went to South Carolina. Remember Jackie, Michael yeah. Cor yeah, it was, he, I mean, he trained me, Jack. And um, Michael Corrin, you know, Hudson Catholic, and Jimmy Spinocle and I have been friends forever. When Jimmy was with the Dallas Mavericks, he used to train me when I was, I was trying, you know, trying out for the Rockets. But, um, it was funny because I was, you know, we won a county championship. We won a state championship. I'm getting, now, all of a sudden, I'm getting recruited by everybody. Al McGuire was recruiting me. I wanted to go to Marquette. You know, Jimmy Boylan was from Jersey City. Jimmy took me out. And I never forget, there was a bar by the Lincoln Tunnel. Uh, it was probably Weehawken or West New York. 
And we used to go to all the time. We knew the bartender, blah, blah, blah. We were drinking age. We were legal, you know, 17, 18. And so I'm, I'm in the front with Majoris, Rick Majoris, who became a friend of mine from Marquette. And uh, Danny, you know, we do this play. We're doing that play. And I'm like, you know, I, I just want to eat. I want to have a couple of beers, you know, like, <laughs> and because uh, no one ever had money. No, no one, you know, I, my, all my friends never had a car. Um, so my friend, my best friend, Maddie Pickenich, who wound up coming to Seton Hall, yep. him and I in the backcourt, Maddie brings me out in the front. He goes, Danny, you got to go in the back. I go, why? He goes, there's a, there's a guy in the back. He's buying drinks and food and burger. I go, wait a second. We got free food back there. He's like, yeah. You know, so <laughs> I'm like, I, I tell him jars, look, I'll be right back. And it was Raph. And he was just back there, you know, talking to everybody and, uh, you know, buying us, uh, I'll say soda and, uh, food. And I was like, Hey coach, how you doing? He's like, I said, you're, you're Seton Hall. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I said, Oh, Gallus is Hudson County. So that was it. We start talking and like into the late of the night and, uh, you know, we hitchhiked, we, you know, no one had a car. So he's like, Oh, what do you guys need a ride? I said, no, nah, we'll either catch a bus or we're going to hitch. He's like, no, that's crazy. So I said, well, you got to take Maddie too. You know, we, we don't live far from each other. So he drops Maddie off and he drops me off. We just start talking. He's like, would you ever consider seeing Hall? Blah, blah, blah. I go, look, coach, I, I want to go big time. I want to play at a high level, blah, blah, blah. And, and he's like, all right, I'll, we'll keep in touch. And, and he did. And then my dad was kind of not dying, but he was almost dying. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't go all the way out there to Marquette because I signed a letter of intent with him. They just, they just won a national championship. And, uh, and then I stayed home. Then I, you know, I was thinking about St. John, Syracuse. I took a visit there. And then, you know, Raph was just like that, uh, that penny that always showed up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> next time I like, see I him, I'll tell him that that's a funny, that's a good one. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't shake him. You know, I was like, and then I said, you know what, why don't you just come like to my house, you know, like meet my parents and, my dad, you know, both my parents were deaf and my dad was from Italy. My mother was from Ireland. And we sat for hours and hours and hours and we, it was great. It was, my dad looked at me and he's like, you, where this guy is, you're going. And I said, all right. That's awesome. That, and that, that kind of was it. It was just kind of, and you know, what's funny. I, I, I mean, I knew where South Orange was, but I never went, I never saw the campus. I didn't, I didn't know really. It just tells you how much recruiting has changed, right? Because that story is not really all that unusual for someone who was playing in the late seventies, early eighties. And, you know, players tell you saying, no, I just, I, you know, it just sounded good. And I went now it's a, it's a whole nother thing recruiting. And you'd be at 27 schools flying in every other weekend, uh, you know, being, being lauded and feted and everything else. So it, it, times have changed. That's for sure. You, you know, you mentioned your dad and, and, and your mom and, and the deafness and using sign language. I mean, you come from a huge family. Uh, you know, your dad, hard worker, mom had great personality. What, what influences were they, you know, what lessons did they impart on you? You know what it was? I think, you know, I was okay athlete, you know, younger. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I really kind of hit me like, that I was poor. I, you know, I was in a four story walk up and not that anybody around me had money or anything, but, and then I said, you know, I wanted more to my life. And I, you know, I used to go see my dad. He was a janitor. He worked at Ford Motor Company. He worked at Hudson County News at night. My mother cleaned houses and, 
And I always, I never forget, I, and I preached this to my own kids that, you know, they never complained, they never wanted more, that, you know, as long as we had food on the table. And, and I was always telling my dad, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a pro basketball player. He's like, Danny, just keep your head down, work, work, work. What he used to tell me is work harder than the guy next to you. Just, you know, and always be faithful. You know, they were devout Christians. And, and I was like, and it just stuck with me. And I just was like, you know, I was getting better and better and better in eighth grade. I was recruited by a couple of high schools. And then like, I just said, you know, this is it. I got to put my head down. And it was funny because all those lessons, like my dad was like, my dad never saw me play. The, le- the first time he saw me play was uh, my last game against Bagley. John Bagley and I were, you know, we were going at it and he's a friend of mine. And and my dad was, I think I had like 20 at halftime and I was walking off and he was shaking his head like, you know, yeah, you stink, you know, good. What, you know, why did I come out here? I'm like that. I had 20 points and it's halftime. You know, <laughs> but, uh, it was funny because after that game, you know, they announced the biggest MVP and I got it. And my dad was, that was it for my dad, my mom and dad, you know, that was it for them. They, you know, they love Seton Hall. They bled Seton Hall. And, 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 uh, you know, my dad didn't know what a basketball was, you know, but he, he knew, like, but he knew hard work, right? He knew hard yeah, work. Yeah, it was like, you know, when I was a kid, I was a quiet kid. because so all their friends used to come over, you know, and they were all deaf mute. So I signed. I was a kid running around, getting them food, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago about, like, sign language. I was talk- I saw somebody, and the person was obviously deaf, and I started talking to them. But, and, you know, it made me feel good. You know, even when I was in Italy, you know, I would see some people here and there. And they would say, oh, this couple is, is deaf. You know, it's universal. So you can speak it to anybody or talk it to anybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was kind of like I, I just always wanted my kids to have that that edge, the good chip where, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a bad person. You could be a good person, but work your ass off, you know? Yeah, for sure. And 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 you did that. And, uh, and, and it's nice that the two are combined. So I, I know you're headed to the UConn game as we record this Seton Hall playing Connecticut at Prudential Center. So let me just have a few more moments of your time. I wonder what was it like when Raft comes to you? First off, a couple of years before he says, hey, kid, we're going into the Big East, which was a big step up for Seton Hall. But now it's your senior year. It's not over the summer. It's the school year's begun. And he decides to take a job with ESPN. What was your reaction as Hadi Mahan takes over and Raft is going? Yeah, you know, it really, and, and to this day, it like broke my heart. I, I, you know, I'm loyal to a fault. I always had great men in my life and my parents and Maddie Sabella was my high school coach. I was a bartender at eighth grade, took me off the street and then Raft, you know, then I meet Hadi. But when Raft, I was in the gym, I lived in the gym at Walsh and He's like, Dan, I got to talk to you. I'm leaving. I go, where are you going? I'm going. Wherever you go, I'm going. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just go with you. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to this thing. It's called ESPN. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, oh, it's uh, sports 24 hours. I go, coach, forget it. It's never going to work. It's going <laughs> to fail. <laughs> I said to him, who's going to watch sports 24 hours? <laughs> I, thank God. Thank God he didn't take my advice. Um, and it was sad, but we grew closer after that because – I was just like, and I obviously I knew Hottie. Hottie was part of the recruiting. He was he was really a genius with X's and O's and offense, and really, and just a great guy, good person. And uh, we kept in touch years after too. But I was like, wow, you know, like, you know, w- you know, what do I do now? Like, Raph had a style about him, like in your face, 
you know, he was like, you know, he, he was, he made Bobby Knight look nice, <laughs> you know, but I knew he cared for me. And I knew he cared that he wanted me to do well and, and go on to the next level in my, not even in sports in my life. And, um, him and I kept in touch and he was always like, Hey Danny, you know what? I'm not a coach anymore. You want to go out? You want, and Mrs. Raftery was, was great. I mean, they were like family. Mm-hmm. And, and as I got closer and closer to, you know, who are they going to name for the big East? You know, they picked me and, uh, and he couldn't have been, you know, any prouder. Like he was, he was like, Danny, I said, coach, you, you know, you know, I owe you everything. I mean, you know, I, I was just trying to like, look up to him for the way he, talk the way he dressed the way he treats people and i still do like i always tell him that like he's just a classy gentleman that you know it's rare and i worked on wall street 25 years i i played at a high level it's just you're not going to meet like people like him no no i agree he's he's loyal to an nth degree he's always got a smile on his face i remember when i was covering the nets for a while before i transitioned eventually to the national hockey league and we were sitting at a table in Los Angeles. We were in, in the arena before the game, and Jerry West comes over to say hi. And, you know, Billy could – I was just starting. And Billy could have turned and just kind of turned his back on you know, this kid in with the conversation. I'm talking to the great Jerry West. He goes, hey, Jerry, you know Matt Lachlan, right? I'm like, hey, Jerry, how are you? And is that not Raft, right? I Now I'm on equal footing with him. And I sat around and had a conversation with one of the great players of all time. No, Raft is, is a friend to this to this day. And uh, he's just, he's a special human being. So a couple of things now. Senior year, though, Hottie takes over. You guys get off to a great start. You're instrumental in upset wins over Princeton and Providence. But before that, there's the classic game against Houston. You hit the overtime shot that beats the Cougars. And they had future, not just NBA players, but Hall of Famers on that team. And then just what was the Houston moment like? Because then after that, we know what happened as, as some guys became declared academically ineligible. You're 9-1, and you're 9-1, you're on the map. I know. It was crazy because we beat them. I ran over to Hottie. Somebody sent me the the tape of it like a couple weeks ago, Uh, Danny Dunn, our center. And uh, it was funny because this guy, Vinny Harris, who played in Manhattan, he was a couple years older than me. He was in uh, Houston. He was like, Danny, I'm having dinner with Clyde Drexler, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't. He didn't know of you, but he said they had some little Italian guy that killed us. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I, and I, I said, put him on. I said, Clyde, just so you know, you're great. You were the man. But that day, that one day, just remember my name, Dan Calandrello. I said, <laughs> and he was like, oh, Danny, that was a great game. I, all I remember was like these studs, like every guy was like good. And the one thing Hottie did was amazing. He had me in the middle. He had Tommy Brown was six 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 seven. He had Howard McNeil six nine. They were the two guards. I was in the middle, so we they pressed us the whole game. So which was smart because I got it and I just did my thing. And if I had a shot, I shot it. Or if I had a pass, it was, it was easy because the guy behind me was six eight. It was a, such a good strategy. And I I watched that a couple of weeks ago, and I was like. We were really good. Like we were patient and we beat them. I hit the shot and we go to Kentucky. We were like 15 and one. And then I never forget. I came back and I'm thinking, oh my God, Raph left, but we're doing all right. Hottie's a good coach. You know, he gave me the green light. Like Danny, you have to take it basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
he's in the gym and he was like so depressed. I'm like, coach, we, we lost to Kentucky. What's the big deal? I mean, they're like fifth in the country. They got five pros. And he's like, Danny, we lost McNeil, Devereaux, and Clark Young to grades. I go, coach, that's impossible. That's like the whole team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you would come in with Clark and Howard. So you yeah, guys grew up we, together. Yeah, we all like, you know, we played in the summer before we came and we were all good friends and we were like, you know, it's going to be our time. And then our, we were all seniors. It was me, Clark, Devereaux, Howard, and it was Maddie. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had five seniors. And it was so sad. I was so sad. I, I never forget it. I, I called Rap and I was like, Coach, I, he's like, Danny, adversity, things happen in your life. They're going to be more in your life. Trust me. It really, really, it was the first time that I, you know, you go through everything in my life with 9-11. I worked in a building and you know, a lot of other stuff. But, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, we just had it all. NCAA vision. I'm thinking we could make a run. And, and, then, and then we lost, like, 14 in a row. And, and then I moved home. I was so depressed. I, I was, and it was affecting me that I told Hardy, I said, look, I'll be at practice. I'll stick around. But I'm moving home. I'm moving home. It's too much for me. Mm. Yeah, the team and he won. was okay. Yeah, he was okay with it. He was like, Danny, look, just do, you know, do your studies. Make sure you're at practice. And it actually wound up being, you know, that second half. Team-wise, we didn't do well. But no, it was just two games the rest of the way, yeah. Yeah, but personally, you know, I, I kicked ass. I mean, I, I've, I've, I, I was feeling it. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to go out, <laughs> I'm going to go out stra- scratching and kicking. <laughs> And it was, the last thing was crazy. We, you know, we lost to Georgetown by one at, in Walsh. In the snowstorm. Yeah. You were right, because you're home, you, you have trouble getting to Walsh. Well, it took me five hours to get there. It was crazy. <laughs> and what happened was we go down there and it, it was, they want a revenge bad. Like, and then we lost, you know, three guys. We were down by 40 and I, I was taking a ball. I couldn't even see Ewing's in front of me. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I called timeout. And which you know, a player back then never did, right? The coach, you know, the coach would always call timeout. And and he's like, Hottie's like, what are you doing? I said, Coach, man, I think I seriously, I think I blew my knee out. My he's like, get out, go back, get out there. He's like, go back. He goes, nice try, Calendro. <laughs> he's like, go back out there and don't ever call a timeout again. I was, I was so embarrassed. I really was. It yeah. was like senators were there. You know, people from New Jersey, congressmen, it was bad. But uh, how do you never let me down on that? He always, you know, kidding me on that. Danny, don't ever call a timeout again, you know. But the way it ended, I got to tell you, my senior year, you know, and, and obviously with Jimmy there, it was, uh, I thought I would never recover when Raph left. But, uh, you know, now it's, you know, it's almost like, you know, I have another father. We talk, we literally were talking before he did the weekend, he did all those games, creating somebody. Mm-hmm. We literally talked for like 45. We were laughing, talking. And you know what he used to do? He used to go, like, he got $20, say, per diem, which was a joke. So everybody, the kid Slattery used to come around. And he always, like, bypassed me. And I'm like, Slats, what? oh, you got to see Raph. You got to talk to Raph. And I'm like, it was starting to piss me off. So I don't know where we were. I think we were in Providence. And I'm, I'm like, I go to him, I go, coach, where's the $20? He's like, you know, don't bother me. Get out of here. <laughs> so I go, <laughs> we're coming off the bus. 
and then Slats comes over to me. Here, here Danny, here's twenty dollars. And I'm walking off the bus, and I throw the envelope. I go, "Hey, keep your effing twenty dollars." He snapped. <laughs> he, no, he he went ballistic on me. Walked outside with me off the bus. Blah, how dare you, Baba? So gives me the money. And Maddie was my, my best friend. Maddie, God rest his soul. He was the best. So he's like, Danny, let's go out in Providence tonight. You know, we got the game tomorrow. And I said, yeah, big time. We, we got like $60, you know, it's like all the money we had in the world. So we went to this really high end Italian place in, in uh, Providence, the North end there. And uh, we're having, you know, we split a salad, have a drink, split the drink. We have like chicken, something. We split that. All of a sudden, Gavitt walks in, uh, Raf, Hottie, Richie Regan. You know, um, who was the coach of Providence then? He was like a older guy, but he was like big name up there. Oh, uh, forgot his name. He was like a really classy guy, gentleman guy. Oh, grayish hair. Yeah. He came in, you know, with his staff. So there's like 20 people. So I'm like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. And Maddie's like, oh, my God. So the waiter comes over and he's like, oh, excuse me, that big table wants to buy you, you guys dinner. So I said, oh. So Maddie, being from Hudson County, is like, yeah, that'd be great, but we need to see the menus again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're having their drinks, blah, blah, blah. So Maddie's like, two steaks, bottle of wine, blah, blah, blah. Everything comes out. We're like, I'm telling you, we were eating so fast, drinking wine, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so Raph comes over. You guys want to play tomorrow, right? Coach, coach, please, come on, we're starving. Get right now. Get up and walk out. Maddie was like, we almost literally picked up the steak and put it in our pocket. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. And you know what's funny? Raph would never let things. So I was, you know, I I always had the crazy guy roommate. Maddie had this other guy, Steve Greco, who was from North Bergen too. But, uh, and he would always knock on my door, like always. And I'm like, we're sleeping. <laughs> I never used to let him in. Open the door now. And I would have the chain on. I would really break his chops. I coach, come on, man. I, I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping. What do you want? If you don't open this door right now, you're not playing tomorrow. You know, like I always pushed him. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's what we talk about. He's like, you always pushed, you always pushed the envelope. You always went over the top, you know, but it was good times, man. I yeah. gotta tell you. I, and with Shaheen, you know, I recruited Shaheen. When I had the bar, I had a bar restaurant in South Orange and, uh, you know, George Bellini, who became a friend was like, Danny, I need this guy. I'm like, who is he? He's like, oh, he's an all American, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. I called Kevin Boyle, who was a year at, uh, Seton Hall. Mm -hmm. I said, Kevin, I want to come over, work out with you guys. You know, I just came back from Europe, from Italy and I was in good shape and I was on wall street. And, uh, he goes, Danny, the guy's an all American, blah, blah, blah. I go, look, dude, I'm in good shape too. I was a pro. I can play this guy. And I, I, it was really hard covering him, but he couldn't cover me either. And after it was over, I said, look, I, I, you're really good. I said, look, I got nothing out of this. I'm just telling you, if you go to Seton Hall, it's a guard school. George Bellani's a legend. He's a great person, blah, blah, blah. And I gave him my card. I said, look, I got a restaurant, Seton Hall. You want to come? You know, have a burger, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. I, like I said, this, this, and he did. He came and we sat and we talked and I go, you're a tough guy, man. Are you going to project that Duke? Can you? you go to school? I was a bad student. I'm telling you, I wasn't good. And we became friends and we started talking. And he's like, Danny, I'm going to make my decision on, uh, 
you know, they do that thing on Madison Square Garden, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this show. Yeah. You know, Mike Quick was said, the host. Yeah. 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 And I just said, oh, you know, look, I'll be in your life. I'm your friend. Whatever I can do to help you. Blah, blah, blah. So he goes up there and with the hats and, and, and he goes to Seton Hall and they're all in my bar and they're like, Danny, how much did you give him? I go, give him nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I got nothing to give him. I got like, you know, four kids. I got a bar and a restaurant. I work. They're like, oh my God. And that was it. Like, and he had a great career, obviously. I always kept in touch with him. And when he got this job, I, I never really, I didn't call him. I didn't bother him. I sent him a little note. Hey, good luck, you know. And then he called me one night, like 12 o'clock at night. He goes, uh, Dan, I just want to talk to you. I'm like, hey, Shaheen, what's up? I want you to come in. I want to talk to you. I want to thank you. But I go, thank me for what? You 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 put your work in. You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. did it. You know, you know how many people have helped me in my life? I said, just help somebody else out. And you know what he did? I had a kid from North Bergen, David Gabriel, who was a tough kid. I said, I have a kid I want you to look at. If you don't like him, just, you know, let him go. He's a walk-on. He's a straight-A student. He's from my old He's from my old high school. And, you know, not, not, no big thing. If he can cut it, great. If he can't, he can't. And you know what? He made the team. David Gabriel is on that team. He plays a little here and there mm -hmm. I mean, yep. next year. But Shaheen's like, Danny, you know what? The kid is a great kid. He's a tough kid smart kid and i said yeah i said i would never refer somebody to you that wasn't you know he's he's not you know he's not miles powell but but next year i said you changed somebody's life and that's what like raf hottie maddie sabella did for me they changed my life i said if that kid never plays one game he he's the most happiest person in the world you know yeah he's he, he calls me and he's like and he's like it's first class. Everybody's really a nice professional person. I love the school. Shaheen is so professional. He even told me what I told you in the beginning. He's like, coach, he goes, I trained hard, but it's nowhere near where I got to start training. You know, it's yeah. like, I said, dude, you're in the big East every night. Someone's looking to like, like rip your head off. <laughs> you know, no, no doubt. No doubt. It's the toughest league. It's funny. It comes full circle, right? So you're kind of recruited out of the back of a bar where raps buy in food and beverages for people <laughs> that connect and <laughs> leads you to Seton Hall. And then, you know, Shaheen Holloway comes to your place when you had it in South Orange. And uh, it's a small world, but a little bit of a circle. How do you think the hall's going to do the rest of the way? And then I'll let you go. Well, I think, you know, they had to figure it out. They don't have the big guys, you know, a couple of guys really only shoot the ball when they're all like jiving and everybody's like scoring 10, 12, 14, 18, you know, they don't need one guy to score 40. It's just, and rebounding. They, they usually get out rebounded. And, uh, I think, you know, with his style, Shaheen's style, it takes a while to, if you weren't used to that style, whatever they did last year, I don't know, but you know, he's demanding, he, you know, you play this way or you don't play. You know, and I think he's got almost at the point of, I, I said mid-season is when, we're, we're, which we're almost there, uh, and when they get into the Big East that, you know, they're going to have to, like, figure his style out. He's zero tolerance. You know, you got to play that D the whole game. And Samuels, if he could just stay, you know, he's in foul trouble every game. Mm -hmm. I mean, That's the problem, yeah. You know, it's like, if he stays in the game, they use the games he stays in, they win. You know, um, but I think, you know, his style, I'm telling you, it's, 
you know, what he did this at St. Peter's was like remarkable, almost like unbelievable. But I think here, you know, after next year and the year after, like a, the third year, I think you'll see, you'll see some really, you know, he'll have, he'll have high success. I think this year, you know, I was saying 17, 11, 18 and 12 or whatever, maybe get into the tournament, maybe. And I think it'll, that would be a great year for him, you know. Danny, I, I took more of your time than I thought, but you're so gracious in giving to me, giving it to me. Someday I have to ask you about guarding Elijah Wan. Danny told me I got to ask you about that because <laughs> there's a story there, right? Oh my God, I, I, it was almost embarrassing for me to try to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like one of the best centers of all time, but I thought I could, you know, I thought I could play against anybody. I never really, I didn't really. Uh, and at the time, he wasn't, you know, Olajuwon from the Houston Rockets, right? I yeah, mean, he, he was, was just a kid, really. I think he was just a freshman that year. Yeah, he was. And I covered Drexler during the game in that game. I mean, he, I, I knew he was like, I said, this guy. Even the, the other guy, Robin Williams, went to the Suns. Uh, Mishore played in the NBA. I mean, they, they were. It was just so weird. They had Guy Lewis, Guy Lewis the coach, had Olajuwon pressing. And we, when we beat the press, there was really no one back there. Man, that was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Danny, and I hope you took pleasure in it too. It came to both of us late after the recording was over, but it was Joe Mullaney who Danny was referring to in his story about the Italian restaurant in North Providence with Bill Raftery, Dave Gavitt, and Richie Regan. What a tale that was. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Pirates Talk is available wherever you download your podcasts. Let me know what you think about the show. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the show and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Matt Locke. Be safe, be well, and go Pirates! Pirates!